Use this one. Okay. You got your spectacles? You got your spectacles? Are you, uh, Lyndon, are you ready? Huh? Okay. All right, Shabbat Shalom, y'all. Let's try that again. Shabbat Shalom! All right, we're going to start with Numbers 10.10. Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, you shall blow with the trumpets over your ascending smoke offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that it may be to you for a memorial before your Elohim. I am Yahuwah Elohechim. Praise Yah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's, let's give our offering up to Yah. Father Yahuwah, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you and we bless you in Yahusha's name, your son. Father, we're just an assembly here gathered together to acknowledge that you are the creator of heaven and earth and that through your son everything was made in six days. And on the seventh you rested and named it the Shabbat of rest and gave that to us, a gift to man. Father, we just, we thank you so much for pulling us out of the world and of our previous lives and giving us a new life, being a new creation in Messiah Yahusha. And Father, we just ask that you guide our feet, each and every one of us, here present or online or anyone that may hear this, Father, that you guide our feet, that we may follow Messiah and walk as he walked, according to your Torah. We just bless you and thank you in Yahusha's name. Amen. So today, I wanted to talk a little bit about being followers of Messiah. Because if, even if you look at the, the word Christian, it means to be in Messiah or to be like Messiah. And I think that that has been lost in translation almost completely. Would you agree? People that, if you look at statistics, there's over 2 billion professing believers of Messiah. Obviously different denominations, Catholicism, all the different 40,000 denominations of Protestantism. But the facts are the facts. Over 2 billion people confess Messiah. And what percentage of those people actually have been taught or even walk like Messiah walks? We're not the judges of these people. But we're to be the light to share the truth. Now, I want to just discuss that. A lot of these things we're going to discuss today, you, brought, you might be familiar with. But I want to, re, I want to go over it again. Let's... Uh, Let's start at Matthew 16. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures today, so uh, either have your notepad ready or have your, your Bible fingers ready. We're going to start at Matthew 16, 24, and I want to talk about following Messiah, actually being followers of Messiah, doing as he did. Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then said Yahusha unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. 
if we're to follow him, does it make much sense that he would do certain things, but we don't follow him do do a different way? And now, obviously, I'm alluding to the commandments, the Torah, the things that he did. He it's very well known, even in modern day Christianity, that Messiah walked in the commandments perfectly. He was without sin, is what the scriptures say. So if he did that, does it make much sense for us to walk a different way, a different path? Absolutely not. Elohim forbid. Let's go to Luke 14. We're going to go, because as we know, things are established by multiple witnesses. Luke 14, 27. Because we all, everybody in here consider themselves a disciple of Messiah, Right? Being a disciple means being a follower and doing like they teach. Luke 14, 27 says, And whatsoever and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Let's go to John 12, 26. And to his disciples, we serve him, right? Because there's over 2 billion people in this world living. That's not even counting the people that have come and left. 2 billion people right now consider Messiah to be king, right? And we as subjects to our king, what do we do for our king? We serve him, right? John 12, 26. And this is, he's telling us if we want to serve him. John 12, 26 says, If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Anybody here want to be honored by the father? Praise yeah, I do too. Let's keep reading. Let's go to let's go to first um, John. So the question is, how do we follow him? Because there's a lot of people that claim to be following him right now, but don't allow the scriptures to define it. So today I want to define following Messiah and what that actually looks like. First John chapter two, verse six. It says this. He that says he lives in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So if we say that we're, we're in Messiah, we're, and that's, the, that's what the word Christian means. I know not everybody uses that terminology anymore, but this is a term that most people can understand. Christian, to be in Messiah, to be in, in our Messiah. So he that says he's in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So we look at his life and what he did. How did he walk? What did he do? And we're supposed to imitate him and do the things he did. Verse 7, now he defines this just so there's no confusion of what it means to walk like he walked. The very next verse just so happens to say this, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Hallelujah. So what did he do? Did he keep the feast days? So should we. Did he keep the Sabbath day? So should we. Now, did he trample all over man-made traditions regarding the Sabbath? Oh, yeah. He did it openly to show them that these man-made traditions, and it just so happened, I just got an email today. Someone's brand new, and they want to do the Sabbath, and they're like, um, can I not flip on a light switch? Uh, can I not go to the bathroom? Can I not uh, walk my dog or take the trash out? And these are these same traditions that were there 2,000 years. Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever had a garden before with, like, flowers and, like, you know, vegetables and stuff? Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> if you never touched the weeds in there, 
does the problem get worse over time or better? So if there was a problem 2,000 years ago with man-made traditions, and there's a group of people that rejected Messiah, do you think those problems got better or worse over 2,000 years? Worse. I'm here to tell you. You all know I grew up in Judaism. It got worse. What else did Messiah do? Did he eat clean? Yes. So shall we. Did he wear tassels? He did. So shall we. Um, Also, of course, we know that he ministered to the sick, to the poor, to the blind, to the destitute. So shall we. Hallelujah. This is walking like Messiah walked. Many do this part. Many do that part, or many at least claim to do that part of feeding the hungry and the poor and clothing the naked. Let's go to Matthew 7, and we're going to see that there's a lot of people that do good works, which are good, but there's going to be a large group of people that's going to be missing something and missing something very important. We're going to go to Matthew 7, 21. These are words directly from our Messiah's mouth. He says, not everyone that comes to me, that says unto me, Lord, Lord, or Master, Master, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So just because people call him king or master or reverence him or sing to him and say he is the risen king, that's not going to get them in. He says that himself, not me. But he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven... Many, and if you look at that Greek word for many, I forgot the actual Greek word there, but if you look at it, it, it denotes the majority, the greater portion. So many, the greater portion will say to me in that day, Master, Master, have we not prophesied in your name? Unbelievers don't do that. And in your name have cast out devils? Unbelievers, atheists don't do that, do they? And in your name have done many wonderful works. And he says, and I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Probably the scariest words anyone could ever hear. Because there's going to be a large group of people that think they're doing the right things. And may Yah help them and may Yah open their eyes. But we know this is scripture, so we know this is going to happen. May he give us and anyone listening and anyone across the four corners of this earth that knows this truth, may he give us the right words and the wisdom that when we have these divine appointments... People just come out of nowhere and be able to share the truth with them in love. Plant that seed. But he says many, many will not make it. And he says, you that work iniquity, which means lawlessness. Therefore, whoever, he, now listen to this. We're talking again about being followers of Messiah, doing as he, as he did. How ironic it is that there's two billion, almost 2 billion people that call upon him as master or Lord or whatever. And don't do the things he actually says because of man-made doctrines that have said, well, Paul says this, which obviously they're twisting Paul, just like Peter prophesied and said that people would do that, to say, well, no, Messiah's words were for the Jews and Paul's words for the Gentiles, and I'm a Gentile. Unfortunately, does anybody know of any gate in New Jerusalem that says Gentile on it? There is not one. It's for the 12 tribes of Israel. And here's what he says. Verse 24, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And let me just clarify, Eric, thank you. Um, there is no gate in New Jerusalem for Gentile. However, we know that through Paul's letters specifically, Romans 11, Galatians 3, 28 through 29, that there is no Jew or Gentile in his house. We're one. Even though we may have been Gentiles in times past, as he says in Ephesians 2, now are you brought nigh to the commonwealth of Israel by the blood of Messiah that broke down that separation wall, separating wall between Jews and Gentiles. There is no such thing anymore. Either you're his people or is not. Matthew 24. Let's go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 3. Verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? Great questions. Wouldn't you like to be sitting there asking Messiah all this stuff and then hearing it coming out of his pure lips? And think about this. This is the very first thing he answers with, even before what's going to happen. This is what he says. And Yahushua answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many, the greater portion, shall come in my name, saying, I am Messiah, and shall deceive many. The deception is thick out there, is it not, brothers and sisters? So let's go to Messiah's teachings, just a few of them. Go to Matthew 5. And I know this is a review for some of you, but this is incredibly important. These are some life-giving scriptures that we can share with those who are without at this time. Amen? Let it be so. Matthew 5, 17. We know this. We should probably be able to quote this verbatim by now. So this is so if we're supposed to walk like Messiah and do what he did, and we just read that those that hear my sayings and do them will be a wise man. Do you want to be a wise man? I know I do. Let's listen. Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the Torah or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. You look at that word fulfill, it means to bring to the fullest, to fully preach. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass. Not one jot or one tittle shall in no ways pass from the Torah till all be fulfilled. Okay, it's still here. Praise God. Praise God. Verse 19. Whoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, a lot of people will say, well... I'm not doing the commandments, and I'm, you know, I'll just be least. I'm good with being least, right? Kind of like a, like a humble approach. I'll, I'll be the least. But let's keep in mind, when the kingdom of heaven arise, arrives, everything outside of the gates are still his kingdom, are they not? And I do believe he's telling who's going to be in and who's going to be out. Verse 20, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, why does he say that? A lot of people will be like, well, the Pharisees, they're all about the law. So obviously this has nothing to do with the law. <gasps> hey, buddy, good to see you. Oh, I love you. Um, so why would he say that? 
what were they entrenched in? They elevated the traditions of men above the Torah. So that's why he can rightly say, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, because they are more overly concerned with their Jewish traditions, things in their oral law, or the Talmud, as it's called today. Let's go to Matthew 15. You want to sit here? Let's go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15 says this, then came Yahusha, or sorry, then came to Yahusha scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem saying, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders for they wash not their hands when they eat bread? You won't find that anywhere in the Torah. But he answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of Elohim by your tradition? For Elohim commanded saying, honor your father and mother and he that curses father or mother let him die the death. But you say, whoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift, so I'm going to give to the temple by whatsoever you might have been profited by me. So what this is saying is that they were supposed to take care financially of their, their mother and father when they got older. That's the Torah. But they had these man-made laws that says, well, you can give it to the temple instead, and you'll be free from that law, right, and not taking care of them. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of Elohim of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship for me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men. And I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, Nothing has changed. 2,000 years later, it's a bunch of doctrines of men that have covered over the commandments of Elohim. Nothing's changed. Let's go to Matthew 23. We're still talking about following Messiah. We're talking about right now specifically, we're talking about um, our righteousness exceeding the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Matthew 23, then spake Yahushua to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. All therefore whatsoever they bid you to observe, that observe and do. So everything according to the Torah that they command you to do, do it. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. And he goes on to say they bind on heavy burdens. It's all these man-made traditions, and nothing's changed. Again, I can tell you, growing up in Judaism myself, it's like almost like to the point where it's like if you're not laying down and not doing anything, then you're like you're going to break Sabbath. And I don't know if you guys know where this comes from. It comes from the Talmud. Has anybody ever heard the Talmud? Okay. I can tell you, in Judaism, they elevate the Talmud above the Torah, and above the prophets, above everything. This is like the deal. They have the Torah in a nice big case. It's inlaid with gold, and it's beautiful, and all this decorations, and it just sits there. And then they read, the, they read the Talmud instead. Let me read you a little bit the definition of the Talmud. The Talmud is the central text of rabbinic Judaism and the primary source of Jewish religious law. Did you hear that? It ain't the Torah, Okay. 
and Jewish theology. Until the advent of modernity, in nearly all Jewish communities, the Talmud was the centerpiece of Jewish cultural life and was the foundation to all Jewish thought and aspirations, serving also as the guide to the daily life of Jews. The term Talmud normally refers to the collection of writings named specifically the Babylonian Talmud, although there is an earlier collection known as the Jerusalem Talmud. Anyways, uh, it keeps, it goes on. But um, now let's read about rabbinic Judaism, which is the forerunner or the, the majority of Judaism out there. And I, I'm, I'm explaining to you that following him does not mean becoming a Jew, okay? Rabbinic Judaism, also called Rabbinism or Judaism espoused by the Rabbinites, has been the mainstream form of Judaism since the 6th century after, after the codification of the Babylonian Talmud. Rabbinic Judaism has its roots in Pharisaic Judaism. And it, uh, anyways, it keeps going on. This is the oral Torah. This is the stuff that Messiah was rebuking. These oral traditions, the things that the, the Talmud says. Uh, I had a few verses, but you know what? I didn't even want to taint this building uh, or taint any of you by hearing these, these scriptures. But I'll tell you this. The Talmud, which as we just read, is the centerpiece of Judaism. Do you know what it says about our Messiah? It says he's burning in hell in number two stuff. That's what the Jews believe. And that's their centerpiece. That's their Bible, essentially. And it says a lot of other gross things. It also says, you can divorce your wife if you think she's ugly now. Seriously. If it says, if you no longer find your wife attractive, you can just divorce her. Or if she messes up dinner, you can divorce her. These are all these 11 man-made traditions that was around 2,000 years ago and has only gotten worse. So again, to follow Messiah does not mean to become a Jew. It means to follow the Father's commandments with the lens that Messiah gave us. He's the great teacher that came to discern the Torah for us perfectly. Let's go to Hebrews 4. So next time someone asks you, are you becoming a Jew? No, I'm not. I'm a Hebrew. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of Elohim, who's that? Is it just, is it our books or is it a living being? It's a living being, our Messiah. And he left his words for us in these, in this, these Bibles. For the word of Elohim is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eye of him of whom he have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Yahusha, the son of Elohim, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So, if we want to be followers of Messiah, he walked sinless. Well, what path do we need to walk? A path that like, well, I messed up yesterday, I messed up today, I'm going to mess up tomorrow, so I'm just a big mess and Yah's just going to love me the way I am. Is that, is that following him? Or should we be walking towards a, a, a walk of perfection? Can it be attained? Yah willing. Yah willing. So let's define sin. 1 John 3, 4. 
So if Messiah was sinless and we need to walk like him, we need to define sin. 1 John 3, 4. 1 John 3, 4 says, Whoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. That is a definition. The Bible is also a dictionary. Did you know that? There's our definition of sin. So, do you think, does anybody here think that Paul knew the definition of sin? Or did he have his own definitions? I think he knew the definition of sin. Let's go to Romans 6. And we'll see that Paul says the same thing. He just says it a lot more eloquently, with a lot more speech. Romans 6. Romans 6. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. Elohim forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Yahushua HaMashiach were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life, walking as he walked. Hallelujah. Knowing this, I'm sorry, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin, which is lawlessness, walking like Messiah Watts. And of course, a couple, you don't have to turn, just going to do a couple quick uh, passages. Let us never forget, because I know that the over 2 billion professing Christians, the main reason they don't do so is because of some of the, the words of Paul that have been twisted and manipulated. But we also know Paul said this, Romans 3.31, do we then make void the law through faith? Elohim forbid, we establish, we make firm the Torah. Paul said that. Paul also said in Acts 24, 14, But this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the Elohim of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. We know he said this in Romans 7, 12, Wherefore the Torah, the law, is holy, the commandment holy and just and good. Romans 7, 14, he says, we knows the law is spiritual. So then we look at Galatians with this lens and understand that Paul is not against the law and Paul is for the law and calls it good and, and just and holy. We know that when he says to the Galatians in chapter 3, who has bewitched you that you've believed another gospel? We know he's not talking about them going back to the law, which many profess that he did. They did. That can't be the case. Cannot be. So though we've all transgressed, we need to strive for perfection. And that's what we need to be. Anybody that preaches the easy road is preaching falsity. It's a hard road. It's full of thorns and thistles and backstabbings, full of gossip and slander. It's full of all sorts of things. The road is not easy. It's hard. But it's going to train each and every one of you to be a true disciple, 
Because if you have to walk like he walked, do you think he had an easy road? No. Did Peter have an easy road? Paul? Moses? Abraham? Isaac? Jacob? David? Their lives were hard. Whoever's painted this picture of just red carpet rolled out, preaching a false gospel. It's hard, but it's worth it because we know what lies ahead for us. Matthew 5.48, Messiah says this. He says, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Messiah was perfect. Let's strive for perfection. Let's turn it up a notch. Let's not be good with complacency and say, well, I'm just covered by grace. He'll be okay. He'll be pacified by my prayers and my repentance. That's not good. That's not the right mindset. So though we've all transgressed, we need to strive for perfection. And think about this. Hasn't the world trained us well to strive for perfection with our school, our school, school work, and our jobs, and sports, and whatever else we do, the hobbies we do? Anybody here have a hobby? Don't you try really hard at it, like whatever it is? What about for this? What about for everlasting life? Shouldn't we give it our all? And it looks like that looks different for many, many of us. We have different, we live different lives, you know, of what we like, what we do, what we enjoy. But when it comes to walking in his Torah, we should all be the same. We should be striving for perfection. So let's go back to following him. Because that's the that's the the meat of what I want to talk about today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. And anybody that says that Paul preached something different or a different gospel hasn't read all of Paul's letters. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11. First Corinthians 11, Paul says this, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Messiah. So if Paul followed Messiah and did what Messiah did, we can also follow or imitate Paul, as he says in other, other translations. Verse 2 says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I deliver them to you. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. So again, we're talking about being followers of Messiah. Ephesians 5 says, Be therefore followers of Elohim. Messiah is Elohim, is he not? He may not be the Father, but he sure is Elohim. Be therefore followers of Elohim as dear children, and walk in love as Messiah has also loved us, and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to Elohim for a sweet-smelling Savior. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. So these are some of the ordinances that Paul delivered. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving to thanks. For this you know, that no... Listen to this. These are me people outside the gate. No whoremongers, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ, of Messiah, and of Elohim. So Paul is not talking about some gospel of just you're covered in grace so that you can just go on out and just do whatever you want to do. Live like the life the way you did. 
Now, I know that's kind of extreme. That's not exactly how it's taught. But at the end of the day, when you're telling people that the law is done away with and we don't have to do the Sabbath and don't have to do the feast days and all these other things, you're basically saying the law is, done, you're, the law is of no, no use to us, which is totally incorrect. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of Elohim upon the children of disobedience. So <clears throat> let's talk about love real quick because we're walking as he walked. Go to Romans 13. We're almost done. Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 8. O man, uh, I'm sorry, owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. Anybody ever heard that one? Love fulfills the law? It's true. Now Paul goes on to define it for you. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He's telling you clearly that the keeping the commandments is how you love people. Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Hallelujah. So let's go back to the main point here, which is following him. Let's go to John 10, talking about the good shepherd. He's our good shepherd. <laughs> which this is what we're going to talk, uh, talk about with the children today in children Shabbat school. We're going to talk about... Us being sheep, following the good shepherd. You know, anybody uh, in, your, in your truther walk kept hearing people t use the term sheeple? You don't want to be sheeple. Well, surely you don't want to follow the masses and where they're going, but I want to be a sheep. Anybody want to be a sheep? Bah, I do. Bah. John 10. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door of, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hears his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. We're talking about following Messiah. We obey his voice. Right? Let's talk about obeying his voice. So uh, go down to verse 14 of the same chapter. We're just going to skip a few just for time's sake. 14 says this. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, which he did for us. Hallelujah. None of us would be here unless he did. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Skip down to verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long do you make us to doubt? If you be the Messiah, tell us plainly. Yahushua answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. Real quick, Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. 
we need to establish something. That nothing has changed in regards to keeping of his commandments. Other than the priesthood and the sacrifices. Hebrews 13.8 says this. Yahushua HaMashiach, the same yesterday and today and forever. Does he change? Malachi 3.6. Quick in the fingers. Quick, Alice. Quick, 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 go, 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 go. Malachi 3.6. Says this. For I am Yahuwah, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. So in considering this, if his sheep obey his voice, let's go back to the root of what it means to obey his voice, and we'll finish up. Go to Exodus 19. Exodus 19. Exodus 19.5. And we know that this is not done away with because Peter quotes this almost verbatim. It's renewed. This promise given here is renewed by the blood of Messiah. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice indeed. Remember, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And I know there's differing opinions, but I do believe it was our Messiah on Mount Sinai giving the commandments to Moshe. Now, therefore, if you'll obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 30. We're just going to finish up on this hearkening to his voice. Deuteronomy 30, verse 10. If you shall hearken or listen unto the voice of Yahweh your Elohim to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the Torah, and if you will turn unto Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul. Pause there real quick. Remember, he said the Pharisees drew close to them with their lips but their hearts were far from him. This is how we draw near to him, through his Torah. This is the way. Men have shown us different paths and different holidays and different days to reverence him and to set apart, but we're doing it his way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let's be the light and share with other people the goodness. And I don't know about you. This is my testimony. The life I lived before coming to Messiah and coming to the truth, my day-to-day life was easy. I did whatever I wanted to. But inside my heart and in my mind, it was devastating. I hated it. I hated myself and I hated life and I didn't know why. I had everything I ever wanted material-wise and I was miserable. Why? I couldn't figure it out. Every purchase, every little thing, every change was like little Band-Aids, but nothing ever fixed it. Now I'm here to tell you I'm in this walk and my life is harder than it's ever been and I love it because there's a peace in my heart and in my mind that is satisfying, that nothing in the world ever satisfied. Amen? And that's what's available to all of us. And I know, some of you are shaking your head. You're like, I know. Life's tough, but it's good. It's good for us. It's good man-making and woman-making experiences. Hallelujah. Verse 11. 
For this commandment, I, which I command you this day, is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go down or, or go to the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very close to you and in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. And Paul quoted this in Romans 10 verbatim. So we know that that scripture is not done away with either. Lastly, just last thing. Last thing. We know John 14, Messiah says this. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. All right. Praise Yah. So nothing's changed. Hallelujah. So let's be followers of Messiah, shall we? Let us arise. Please, please stand up. I was told that instead of saying stand, so we don't confuse stand and stand, that we're going to say arise now. All right? Thank you, Kay. That was great advice. All right. Okay. All right, everybody. Let's get our, let's get our blood flowing a little bit. Let's stretch a little bit. We're going to stretch our hands up to the Shamayim. And let's on three proclaim with all of our being the loudest hallelujah to the Shamayim, to Yahuwah. Let us proclaim with all of our being the loudest hallelujah that we can, all right? Ready? On three. One, two, three. Hallelujah! All praise the Most High Yahuwah. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a few songs here. And uh, this first song, the gospel song proclaims that we will not stop singing the gospel song, right? Amen? Are, is anybody in here going to stop singing the gospel song? Is anybody going to stop proclaiming the good news? Elohim forbid. Let's, uh, let's proclaim the good news together. heard a song of amazing grace its melody helped me to run my race and when my friends turn their backs on me I sang it out hey I carried me I heard a song saying it is well put away inside my sails and when the storm came rushing
got to adjust here. Hold on. All right, sorry about that. Uh, we are uh, trying to figure out ways of playing, playing music with uh, Asaph here. So <laughs> everybody say hi, Asaph. Hello. Shalom, shalom, Asaph. Shabbat shalom. He's, he is very much so asleep right now. So praise God. Okay. <laughs> All right. This song, I think uh, when we sing it, we need to remember that our ancestors, well, some maybe, maybe our ancestors, who knows, uh, in Israel, when they were wandering the desert after the exile in Egypt, they were wondering, what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? How are we going to get through this? So is there anything new under the sun? No, of course not. We are all going through things. We're all wondering what in the world is going to happen? How are we going to get through this? And this is our prayer in the desert. When all that's within me feels dry, this is my prayer and my hunger and need. Elohim is the one who provides. Amen. So we will bring praise to him, and no weapon of the enemy shall prosper. Amen.
So I thought, I thought about the Torah portion today, and um, we see Yosef in prison, right? And he interprets the dreams for the cupbearer and for the uh, uh, baker, thank you. And 
he is, he tells Baker, like, hey, please tell Pharaoh about me. No, he's like, please. He's like reaching out because like he's been in there for so long already. And um, I just think, you know, this song, this hymn fits well with today because we see Yosef coming out of prison and he's given great authority, great riches, right, and honor for his faithfulness in Yah. So in our lives, let us choose to be like Yosef in this way and say, Yah, you are my vision. You are before me. And not be all else to me, but save you, oh Yah. I pray that you are in my heart day and night. And by your presence I will walk. So let's, let's proclaim this together.
portion, O ruler of all. Amen. I know this is the third week I've sang this song, for those of you who've been here every week, but I just feel like it's uh, quite important, um, and y'all really put it on my heart, and, um, and I just want to keep singing it. <laughs> um, I, I feel like if we don't proclaim that we have Yeshua, then we've lost sight of everything that we've ever lived for. We are living for Him alone. We are living for Yeshua alone. Amen. For Yeshua. We want to live and act like him. We want to do and say what he said. We want to do what he did. We want to lay down our lives for him, right? Praise Yah.
pray. Father Yah, we just bless you and thank you so much, Father, for allowing us to gather together like this, Father, for providing this building for us, for all the food here that's before us that we're about to eat. May it nourish and bless our body. And uh, Father, would you just guide our feet daily that we may be true followers of Messiah, not going to the left or to the right of your narrow path, Father, that those situations may arise, things, hardships of finances, health, work-related, family-related, brother and sister-related, Father, divisions, whatever it may be, Father, just guide our feet that we would not stumble, would not go off the path, Father. Help us by your Ruach HaKodesh to guide us every day of our lives, Father, and train us. Train us that we be not like as the horse of the mule that needs bit in their mouth to move to the left or the right, Father. Train us, oh yeah. Put your yoke upon us. It is light liberty. Bless you, O Yah. 
May your Ruach be here with us as we continue this Shabbat. Thank you so much. In Yahushua's name, amen. All right, so it's lunchtime. Praise Yah. So uh, we, we have a couple newcomers today. First time, right, brother, right here? First time, yeah. Uh, if it's your first time here at Shabbat Station, please uh, 